I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. A longtime regular in terms of commentator, uh, Daniel Cotter, he's going to be good doing an ongoing series with us of interviews uh, going forward, which we're really excited about. I love his I love his commentaries and articles over at the Price of Business Digital Network, and we've asked him recently to come on uh, regularly to do uh, actual interviews with me, and I'm, I, I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, as a lawyer who started out of college as an accountant and passed the CPA exam, Daniel Cotter tries to use that knowledge and business acumen to truly partner with legal clients. He also spent more than 16 years of his 27 years as a lawyer in-house. Clients want to have pragmatic, digestible, understandable information and advice, and that's what Daniel's all about. Uh, I'm telling you, in this world of uh, really reaction uh, rather than proaction, um, an attorney in the in the proaction area is crucial. He graduated with honors in accounting from Monmouth College and a law degree with honors from the John Marshall Law School. So we're glad to have him. You can learn more about him, of course, at howardandhoward.com. That's howardandhoward.com. Well, back in nationally syndicated. Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having you on the program. Daniel Carter, longtime regular on the Price of Business. And, you know, in, in a world where we are so inundated with potential legal concerns and legal issues in business, in uh, an unfortunate world where mainly fires are being put out rather than prevented, I love what the work of Daniel Carter is. Daniel, uh, has, focuses on has I think from the entire history of his practice as the trusted advisor, advisor, the person that's in the business's corner, helping them to navigate issues to prevent the problems that unfortunately reach the evening news and and often destroy businesses. And so I love the work you do, Daniel. And I want you to take a moment to talk about your practice uh, and of course give your website. Well, thank you for having me on, as always, Kevin. Uh, I work at Howard & Howard Attorneys, PLLC. We're a law for business. My focus and practice has been for most of my career, corporate and transactional, including 16 years in-house at uh, large organizations, including publicly traded ones. And our website is howardandhoward.com. Very good. Got an interesting topic today. You know, and I, I like it. I like all your topics. You know, I think I took you recently, your one with AI got a lot of buzz, and I think that's going to be a hot topic for quite some time to come. Um, but I, I like how you kind of take a uh, toolbox approach or roll up your sleeves. And we got one of those today with the Corporate Transparency Act and uh, what people should really be thinking about that. Why don't you set the stage uh, for us with that? Sure. So this is a, a law that went into effect, uh, and for companies uh, that are uh, in existence, they by January 1st, 2025, they have to make, make certain disclosures. Uh, the, the Corporate Transparency Act, which is a federal law, is designed to really uh, try to address what's perceived as uh, m methods and approaches to avoid uh, determining who actually owns businesses. And so it applies to uh, a, a large number of companies, including single-owned uh, LLCs, who will require disclosure to uh, the Department of Treasury. And, uh, Kevin, we've talked about cyber and privacy on this uh, show. Uh, the 
concept here is that this information, at least at the federal law, we'll talk about New York in a, in a minute, but at the federal level, the theory is, is that this is a database that will just be confidential, that the information will be submitted, and that uh, the uh, Department of Treasury and other federal agencies will keep it and use it just for kind of at first, at least, informational purposes. Uh, but, you know, the concern here is, is that this is going to be a lot of information. There's questions about whether advisors like law firms and others might have to also disclose if they're the ones that are doing the registrations for companies. And so a lot of it's uh, what's interesting, and is, as we've seen in uh, from Capitol Hill in recent years, uh, they, they produce large, complex, uh, really indecipherable laws that then don't have good regulations. And final regulations, to my knowledge, are, are not fully fleshed out and you know, we're, we're speaking here at the end of October of 2023, and this law goes into effect January 1st, 2024 for new companies. So it'll be interesting to see what's disclosed. But again, it's the real, the real focus and intent here is to make it more transparent, as the, the act says, in terms of who actually owns the businesses. Um, and it will be interesting to see how this develops. Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. And, uh, you know, and you were talking about the fact that the House, uh, you know, the Congress plays a role. And, of course, this Congress, uh, half of it, the, the House, has been out of business for almost a month. <laughs> you know, and we're about to have another government shutdown unless action happens in the next two weeks. And so it'll be, uh, it sounds like there's, there's going to be implementation and then uh, a lot of repairing afterward rather than a lot of cleaning up before is what it sounds like. Right. Which is not unusual that's, for government. Like, no, it's not. Yeah. That's, that's like normal business as usual, which is why our, our government and business is so unusual. But anyway, uh, some, some takeaways, uh, because, you know, these kind of things are kind of, they're kind of terrifying, and there is a huge subjective element to, to these type of laws. Um, give, give us some takeaways uh, to business owners for this. Yeah, I think, I think, first of all, I think businesses are going to have to really think long and hard about how they structure businesses going forward. And, and uh, you know, one, one of the things that uh, many businesses probably have, are familiar with is, is states like Delaware, where there's not a lot of information that's actually disclosed when you file for corporate status. And that's one of the reasons Delaware's been so... Uh, so uh, welcoming and, and so much of a, if you look at most public companies, they're all Delaware companies, they have robust laws. I think, I think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of shifts because with this disclosure. And then I think if you are operating in New York, if you're a company in New York, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, New York has a, their own statute that the governor hasn't yet signed, but uh, if she does, the New York law, unlike the federal where it's going to be confidential and allegedly and nobody will know what's going on at the New York level, they're going to have a public searchable database of all uh, filings that, that occur in the state of New York. So if, if you're a business looking to decide and you want to incorporate in New York uh, or you do business in New York and you're registered as a foreign company, I think they need to pay attention to that uh, from a, from a, again, from a, uh, perspective, I think one of the things that's going to be a shocker for many entrepreneurs and, and business owners, even at big publicly traded companies and 
that, that establish all kinds of intermediate holding companies and, and, and subsidiaries is that it's going to be a, a discussion. I think that you should work with your trusted advisors, your accountants and your tax and your legal to really think about the amount of disclosure that's going to be required for those individuals in terms of their financial positions. And it may have some influence on how companies are structured or how uh, businesses are owned going forward. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing that comes to mind. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say the final thing I would say is, is, is keep uh, in touch with your trusted advisors just because, again, this is a fluid situation. And as you said, there will be fixes post, which is not unusual uh, from uh, bills that are passed by Congress. But there will be a lot of, I think, tweaking and, and uh, kind of retrofitting that takes place as, as they start to get this data and figure out what exactly they need from everybody to, to make it actually a productive exercise. Yeah, what comes to mind for you, uh, talk, for me, you talking, uh, you know, is uh, Sarbanes-Oxley, right? Uh, and how it changed the rules when it came to uh, to accounting, and and uh, of course one of the most far-reaching um, bills when it came to the way business is conducted, and both the I would say some had to be positive, but also very destructive in my opinion in terms of uh, undermining how things can get done. You know, like most laws, right? Um, how how epic is this potentially using Sarbanes-Oxley as as uh, as something as a backdrop? I, th I think, yeah, Sarbanes-Oxley, I think, was, was, as you mentioned, it was very onerous. And I remember back in those days the, the staffing up of accounting departments and other people to do all the controls and all the other uh, stuff that took place. I think this will be a big lift, especially for companies that exist, because it's not like it's just a going forward. We start up on 1124 and any new businesses. By 1125, every business that exists um if they have these situations, they're going to have to report under the Corporate Transparency Act. And so I, I, I think you're right. I think, I think there's a good comparison to Sarbanes-Oxley, the amount of ramp-up time, the amount of investigation that's going to take place. And, uh, you know, in, in some cases, depending on how uh, long a company has been in existence and, and its various, you know, structures, some have very complex structures, even at the public company level, I think it's going to take some sleuthing and some review of, of governing documents, some of which may not be that clear, uh, could be opaque. And so I think it's going to be, it, it may reach the, the levels of Sarbanes-Oxley, at least for the first couple of years while this thing's ramping up. Wow. That's interesting. And yet it gets very little airtime because, frankly, we live in a culture of, uh, as you said in another recent interview, with major wars in the Middle East and wars in Europe and playing with inflation and the worst inflation in two decades, you know, two decades, no, I'm sorry, four decades, you know, all that, you know, those things drive it. But, but this is a, a pretty important story that with all the, the more uh, terrifying, immediately terrifying stories doesn't get the attention it deserves. I'm glad we gave it. I'm glad I had you to help give it so much. Thank you. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. Stay tuned for more.